The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer the Horus Heresy podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here tonight with Will and Jared, who are calling in from across the way. Hello, I'm I'm Will. Jared. Spe- speaking into the warp. Mm-hmm. For any new listeners, yeah, I know sometimes it can be confusing if you just hear us chime in. Uh, but yes, hello everyone. We are the Remembrancer's Retreat. And what are we talking about today? We got two things on the plate this week, as far as heresy content. From the new Hammer Primaris community. lieutenant for the Imperial Fist. No, no, the, the other one. <laughs> yeah, the other Primaris lieutenant. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. We got exemplary battles. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They're still featuring, picking the, putting those out, which I like. I like that. Yes, yeah. featuring the Raven Guard Deliverer Squad. Mm-hmm. And we also have the new Primaris reveal that just came out today. But we're going to yeah. go ahead and do this as always. I like to say in chronological order. And let's tackle the Raven Guard. Yep. Just click it. There we go. Grip it and rip it, baby. Grip it and rip it, Jared. Thank you. It, it's it's actually a, a soda. It's not alcohol. Uh, you, know, we, you still have to grip it and rip it. it allergies are, what are it kicking my ass, so this is like a ginger beer. Yeah. Am I um, the only one who doesn't have allergies this year? It's kind of dude, maybe like I don't worst know. year in a long time. Seriously, it's wild. I've been, usually I'm I've the been one hammered who's... for like two days. Yeah, usually yeah. I am terrible right now, but so far I'm hanging in there. Ugh. But I, I pumped myself full of Benadryl and Mucinex, so I should be good for the next hour to Sweet. record. We should make for a know? great episode. Yeah. All right, Raven Guard, <laughs> Raven Guard Deliverer Squadron. Jared, you said All you right. wanted to uh, talk about this earlier this week. So do you want to yes. start us off? Well, hold on real real quick. Before mm-hmm. we get into the nitty gritty, sure. can we look at the artwork again? Okay. I know this is an audio medium. So <laughs> looking at artwork is, is a great thing. Uh, but our audience our, can look at it. Right. I want you guys to go to the article and take a look. The first picture is a very clean and pristine edge highlighted Raven Guard model. Different types of gold are used, and they're mm-hmm. highlighted differently. And this is very GW style. And then you go down to the next one. This is a completely different squad painting by a completely different artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this, usually I- this is very this is very telltale of the original uh, kind of you know realistic quote unquote style that the horse heresy used to be. But yeah. I just find that pretty interesting that they had two different people paint the same squad in their in their respective. Uh, artistic style um and it makes for pretty interesting uh artwork here i think yeah yeah i think uh they've done it for the past uh well i think all of them actually and it's usually from the general staff from the studio kind of their own personal collections they just kind of mm-hmm. show them off which is pretty neat yeah but um who are these guys exactly jared okay so what i really liked about these was if you look at uh the rules for uh, the Raven Guard delivers, they lifted the fluff, like the, the you know, unit intro, intro um, on their rule page directly from book three. Okay. Uh, page 137, if you want to look it up. Um, 
these guys are the ultimate sanction from the Raven Guard, but the Primarch hates them. Uh, they're, they're, you know. So when you say ultimate sanction, is that like um, the Medusa Immortals for Iron Hands? Or I guess yeah, like, yeah. like um, red, red Mark for Ultramarines and that kind of stuff? Like these the, are guys the, who are. Just Aaron, uh you know, the Huskarls, but mm-hmm. Korax does not like them. They're an embarrassment. He's just, because they're off brand. Uh, they're, you know, the Raven Guard are not a heavy assault legion. That's not their the way they fight wars. Right. And most of these guys are drawn from Terran uh, legionaries, which Korax was a total dick to throughout, like, the whole Great Crusade. It's It's a really weird thing, which hopefully we can get into here in a little bit. But, uh, Jesse, where do you want to start? Uh, I said, uh, shoot, you want to just go into the unit entry or do you want to talk about the, the story? Well, tell you what, why don't we, uh, why don't we read the, the unit entry fluff part and then that, that can kind of segue into, okay. um, you know, Korax being an asshole. Yeah, that'll work. Um, well, just real quick. One <laughs> yeah. more thing that I want to add since I, I started with the visual element of the two different painting styles. Mm-hmm. Um, now Jared is going to read the unit entry or the the unit excerpt for the fluff and uh, who these guys served alongside uh, is very important to their color scheme and it is the inverse of the color scheme from the guys they served with uh, and that's from Andy on Instagram. People asked him like, "Hey, where'd you come up with this color scheme?" And that's exactly what he said. So people were then like, um, "Can you cite that fluff?" And he's like. I'm Andy. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the one doing the. So who, who if do I you say, think writes the fluff? Yeah, um, ah, that's really funny. But yeah, so it's the inverse <laughs> color of the guys that they served with. If you're wondering why they're red, so go ahead then. Okay. Wait, so, these guys are red. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. I, I, you read it, Jared, or I can. I'm not the one who's suffering uh, from allergies. No, it's, it's all good. I'll, I'll read okay, it. Go for it. Uh, the Deliverers. Even in the days before the coming of Korak, Corpus Korax, the 19th Legion was renowned for its skill at fast strikes and hit and run raids. As with many legions, the skill quickly became ingrained into the nascent Legion as they came to be employed more and more in these roles, eschewing the mass battles and attritional warfare favored by other legions. As well as molding the tactics of the 19th Legion, this tendency also affected the Legion's armory, which swiftly found itself based towards light attack vehicles and those marks of armor that favored agility and stealth over bulkier plating. The earliest marks of Terminator armor were no exception. Despite the favor shown to the Tactical Dreadnought Armor Project by Horus himself, who acted as patron to the 19th Legion in the absence of their Primarch, many of the warriors of the 19th were ill-disposed towards the slow and bulky cataphracty suits. Some did adopt their use, mainly those chapters who had long served in the shadow of the Luna Wolves' siege and heavy assault companies, becoming adept at close-range shock assaults from both aerial transport and teleport deployment. The legionaries of the 19th Legion came to refer to these detachments as deliverers, both for the carnage they wrought to the enemy and for their tendency to be deployed when the daring assaults favored by the 19th Legion floundered and threatened to fail. Horus himself is shown to have honored the deliverers attached to the pale nomads chapter for the ferocity of their counterattack at the siege of Novas Prox- Praxim, including them as part of his personal entourage until the Raven Lord claimed them claimed command of his legion. In the wake of Corvus Corax's return, 
the deliverers were rarely called upon by the Primarch. Most were assigned to distant crusade fleets, and those who remained at Korax's side became the avatars of his carefully controlled anger, loosed when an, en uh, when an enemy proved itself worthy of utter destruction. So, for our, our non-Ravenguard playing listeners and, and, and members, you know, I, cards on the table, Ravenguard were my first legion. They're the first Astartes models I did for 30k. Um, and so I, I did a lot of, you know, research on Korax and read all his books and, and all the fluff. He gets so much positive press in that he's like the deliverer, you know, he, he frees the oppressed and goes on this, you know, big, you know, survives this fawn and actually has a, you know, fighting force and, you know, liberates all these worlds from Horus. He's also kind of a dick <laughs> and, and is not shy about being a dick. Um, I, I would encourage anyone like go into the fluff, go into the weeds in, in book three and the Raven guards exemplary battles and the little snippets they give. He, he makes no bones about favoring uh, the deliverance born legionaries, those elements of his legion over Terran born. Mm -hmm. Is that is that because of like he felt I guess more of a connection to them because they had come from the same background and in the salt mines and that kind of stuff you think or so I I very much think so and also there's you know it's mentioned here the you know the deliverers they were favored by Horus well go into the fluff there Cor oh, yeah. um, Corax did not like Horus uh, he might be the only Primarch who didn't. Um, right. Prior to Istvan, um, there was one particularly uh, costly campaign that Horus headed, and he, it, it's a it's a long story. I won't go into the all the weeds with it, but uh, basically, Horus said, "You know, yeah, I've got this great idea. It's this massive frontal assault, and and it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Everyone's yeah, going to love it. Yeah." <laughs> and Corax is like, oh, "This is a really bad idea. It's we're going to lose so many guys." And Horus is like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So Korax, being Korax, uh, chose Terran legion, uh, Terran units to head that assault. Hmm. And predictably, they suffered massive losses. Korax was absolutely right. Um, and after that, Korax said, I I'm never taking the field with you again. You're, you're an asshole. Hmm. Which, you know. I mean, way to call it, you know, been pretty thoroughly vindicated by history here, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I wouldn't want the vindication, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm at the lives of all my I dudes. I mean, be there I, on my, I'm I pretty sure. Stuff, yeah. I'm pretty sure that other Primarchs, I feel like other Primarchs in the past, maybe I'm probably fabricating this, but I feel like they probably would have just been like, well, I'm not going to send my guys in with you then. But I I don't know maybe not maybe Horus at the time was just too charismatic in that I don't I don't yeah now that I think about it, I don't think anybody ever told Horus for that then yeah yeah uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic there that, that doesn't get very much attention outside of book three here but I, I think it's a you know an interesting perspective here but this unit I I love in that these are you know the the redheaded stepchildren of the 
the Raven Guard Legion, they're the ones that he doesn't like. Right. But and, uh, if I've got to use them, okay, fine. So um, that that you just read, was that from book three? I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, so they served alongside the Justerin, mm-hmm. uh, which is why their colors are the invert. They're red and black instead of black and red, which I thought was pretty neat uh, yeah, that is- to point out. Um, <clears throat> and then, Jesse, do you want to get into the uh, actual stat lines here and what, what they've got? Yeah, let's uh, take a little walk through here. So the Raven Guard Deliverer Squad is a 0-1 to one elite choice. I mean, you can only take one of these uh, units with you. Base cost is 275 points. Uh, composed of four Deliverers and one Deliverer Chieftain, who acts as your sergeant. Uh, going down through their stats, Weapon Skill 5, BS 4, Strength 4, Toughness 4, 2 Wounds, Count them, two. Initiative four. Two attacks for the Deliverer and three attacks for the Chieftain. And leadership eight and nine, respectively. They're in Cataphracty Armor, so two up armor save and a three up invuln. Four up. Four up, excuse me. Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Their war gear consists of a commie bolter and power weapon of any type. Cataphracty Terminator Armor. uh, Infravisors which is cool. Neat to see. Uh, teleportation transponder. So deep striking. Hooray. Uh, special rules include the Legionis Astartes Raven Guard. They are stubborn and have implacable advance and also have the special rule Korax's Shame. I'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, for their options, they may take up to 10 additional deliverers for a 15-man Terminator Squadron for 40 points each. And for every five models in a unit, one deliverer may exchange their combi bolter for one of the following: a heavy flamer, a reaper auto, a uh, heavy flamer for ten points, a reaper auto cannon for fifteen, or a multi melter for twenty five. Any model in a unit may exchange their combi bolter for a combi weapon for seven points, which is pretty cool. And any model in a unit may exchange their combi bolter for, and power weapon for a pair of Raven's Talons for 10 points each, which I checked earlier. Raven's Talons are lightning claws that are mastercrafted and also have uh, rending. Oh, yes. Going back to the entry, we have Korax's Shame as a special rule. As an internal reminder of the cruel and brutal past of those Terran veterans that Korax inherited when he took control of the Raven Guard, the Deliverers have long been exiled from any position of honor in their own legion. Once before the Raven Lord's arrival, they had walked in the vanguard of Horus himself, but now they skulked in the shadows of history, abandoned by the Primarch that the Emperor appointed as their master. In the dark years of the Horus heresy, when their old patron Horus raised his banners in rebellion, some of the few remaining deliverers would see an opportunity to rise to glory in his name once more, abandoning the Raven Lord to serve the War Master, while others would see in the Tulmult a chance to prove themselves worthy of Korax's notice, even if only in death. If selected as a part of a loyalist army, a unit with this special rule counts its toughness as being one point higher when determining whether it suffers instant death from any attack. Uh, this does not affect to wound rolls. So... That being said, you'll need a strength 10 weapon to insta-kill these guys, which is kind of a neat rule. I mean, could they have just gone toughness 5? Maybe, but at the same time, this kind of adds a little bit more uh, 
Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, so it won't help you against, you know, non-instant death attacks. Right. But I guess a, a slight them, layer of complexity, I guess. Yeah. It just makes them so much more survivable against other Terminators, Dreadnoughts. Yeah. And, you know, being blasted by a multi-melter won't kill them yeah. instantly. That's kind of yeah. neat. It's, it's really good. It's, I, I, I love this unit. I, I'll be honest. I, I think it's just great. Um, a few more things here. A unit with a special rule that is instead selected as part of a trader army gains the hatred Corvus Corax special rule. If Corvus Corax is part of the same army as a unit with a special rule, then no unit that includes any models with this special rule may be deployed within 18 inches of Corax, including when this unit enters play from reserves, either normally or due to deep strike special rule. And Corvus Corax may never join a unit that includes any models with this special rule. How petty. I, I like that, though, because um, they are his shame, so why would he be seen caught dead with them? Like, if, you know, if... it's I hate to say this, but it's like if an ugly person has a crush on you, you don't want to be seen with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same thing. Guys. Oh, you Lord. just don't want to be seen with that person. Like, ugh, no thank you. Ick. Uh that guy just breathes really creepily and I'd rather not be associated with him. I'm going to so. stand over here. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, and it's interesting that I don't see this, or I hope to see this kind of rule with like Medusa and immortals mm. guys that Ferris did not like, uh-huh. but for some reason he can go into a squad of them. Why? He puts them there as punishment. Why would he be like, let me tote around with you guys. Doesn't make sense. I do like uh, these narrative units having just slight, just slight, special rules that really don't have much bearing on overall gameplay, but at the same time, a layer of adding to the narrative of the game. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Very neat. Uh, And the fact, okay, this is the only, well, I think anyways, this is the only exemplary of battle that only had one unit that was both loyalist and traitor, right? Yeah. Instead of having a loyalist mm-hmm. unit and then a traitor unit, we got one unit that is both loyalist and traitor, which I think is pretty darn cool. Yeah. I mean, my God, like as somebody who's run many, many, a a model equipped with Raven's talents, like mm-hmm. that's your take. That's your auto take. Right. And just deep strike them and, and just cut your enemy's guts out. I mean, they're, they're so good. Yeah. Stubborn uh, with leadership eight on the regular dudes. Yeah. I guess. Well, hold on. In this edition, that's normal, isn't it? Yeah. Eight, eight is usually pretty standard. Okay. Gotcha. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I've, I've been playing my mech too much, man, where they're, they're not always that great. <laughs> okay. But leadership, nine is also, you know, yeah, yeah. eight and nine yeah. is usually your standard. Yeah. Okay. But that stubborn does come <clears> in. <throat> Yes, yeah. it does. And having improvisers built in for free. Now, hold on. Improv- improvisers, if you take a blind check, you're at initiative one, right? Correct. So don't, so, don't yeah, take don't, blind checks. Yeah. Don't take blind <laughs> checks, man, Just for the love of God. It. Just say, no, I'm not going to take that check. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm I just, decline. uh, dec- yeah, de- I respectfully decline. But, um, yeah, uh, combi weapons for seven points each. Uh, I'm a big fan of combi Volkite. Yeah, that can be used multiple times, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you drop in an inch away from somebody. As long as you're within that 15-inch for the the Volkite Charger, that's a lot of shots you're getting. And the fact you can still assault after it, though, if you're deep striking, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not necessarily. Well, but. 
yeah, you can't assault still a lot of uh, shots. Can't can't assault from deep strike. Right, but Apparently you're still getting a lot of shots in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, with Raven's Talents, that's four attacks at weapons also, five, so you're hitting most stuff on threes with Mastercrafted. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, really strength good. five because Raven Guard Terminators get Furious Charge. And neat thing is, uh, usually the improvisers are saved specifically for characters, mm-hmm. and it usually doesn't confer to the rest of them. So. Right, but this, but, they, this, but they all have to take an initiative one uh, when taking yeah. blind tests. Yep, which is pretty funny. <clears throat> Unless night um, vision itself is, uh, I don't know. Everything's blending together. No, now. I mean if you have improvisers, you have to take it. Yeah. No, I meant does that improvisers does that confer to the unit night fighter? Yes. Or the, yeah. Okay, never mind then. Yeah. Never mind. And <laughs> even if it's not night fighting, if it's not night fighting, and you still have improvisers. It's you're still taking that that check, so you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, I mean, here we're only being allowed one unit, but it's one unit of fifteen guys potentially. I'm really enjoying seeing these massive Terminator squads. Like I, I forget what army was that? Was it the Atramentar who could take like twenty Terminators in a unit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it them? Good lord! I just feel like there's all these Terminators that they're releasing from these exemplary battles have been like, Hey, just take Terminator blobs. Now we just want to see blobs of Terminators. Also <laughs> keep in mind, 20 man Terminators. Keep in mind because these guys are uh, Raven guard. They also as infantry and Terminator armor, get furious assault for free. Right. That's, that's what Jared said. It was Jeez, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading other books. I am <clears throat> not on my game today, guys. But yeah, it's a very cool unit. I think it's very in theme. Mm-hmm. I think the color choice, the fact that it's not just regular all black. I think Raven yeah. Guard players are going to be like, oh, finally, I can paint something with color. And uh, I think they're going to really welcome this unit. Though yeah. I think it's going to yeah show people, yeah, you can go a little crazy with your schemes. Yeah, and you know, yeah, people right? say, oh, yeah. it's off brand for Raven Guard. Well, duh. That's they're, exactly why they're core. They are off brand Raven Guard to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Very neat. So I'm trying to remember, trying to think how many legions are left. Obviously, I didn't do any homework today. Um, have you guys read the mission of the Perfect Fortress? I glanced at it. Let's I, let's dig I into it. Glanced at deployment and like, but nothing really deep about it. So what? What? Yeah, if you want to so go ahead. So it is and a uh, it's a four by four table. Yeah. So like a zone uh, mortalis. This mission uses zone. So it says right here, this oh, mission uses zone mortalis rules alongside the horse heresy age of darkness rules. In this mission, one side must clear the fortified hab block driving at the enemies while minimalizing their own casualties. The opposing side has patient or what is it? Uh, patiently set their traps and defenses and must resist the onslaught to keep attackers from key control points. So yeah, it's a zone mortalis um, where you get a very small deployment zone as the def- attacker mm-hmm. uh, and then the defender has got a, a lot and there's a single objective and basically the defender is just trying to pincer in the attacker and stop them before they get to the objective. Kind of neat. Yeah. Let's see here. So setting up the game, greater Sorry. density. Of I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not really able to talk too much more. Okay. You're good. You're good. Right. Go ahead. Jared and uh, Jared and I will carry this through the rest of the game. Um, just need, I just need a moment to rest. Yep. Yeah, rest your voice. Get some water. Get some get some vinegar and honey or something like that. 
Oh. What? <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Do? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Come on, Jared. You were born in the South, too, weren't you? Yeah, but... Come on, man. Uh, All right. Like see, after training's place, before many miles deployed, the attacker must select any one board edge. The objective must be placed in the middle of the selected board edge. There must be sufficient open ground for you to terrain within six inches of the objective. If there is not, an alternative board edge must be selected or terrain moved to create sufficient space. Move that wall. Tear down Move this that wall. wall. <laughs> Mr. Horn, tear down this wall. Uh, let's see. Deployment. Attacker's board edge is board edge opposite that where the objective is placed. The attacker's deployment zone is within 12 inches of the middle of their board edge, as shown on the deployment map. See page 10 for all you listeners at home. Page 10. See? Uh, the attacker must deploy their first, must deploy their army first, and not including any units that have been chosen to place in reserves. Any units that cannot be deployed must be placed into reserves. The defender's board edges are the remaining two board edges. And if any defender units must fall back, they must move them towards the board edge that is closest to the majority of the models in the unit that is falling back on the defender's side. And defender may choose which of their board edges any reserves arrive from, which is cool. Mm -hmm. They deploy their army within six inches of either of their own board edges, but not within 12 inches of an enemy unit. Uh, this may mean that a portion of their deployment zones may not be able to be used, and any units that cannot be deployed are in reserves. And infiltrate and scout. Attacker gets first turn unless defender can seize. And let's look at these uh, victory conditions. You want to take it, Jared? Sure. Uh, the winner of the mission is the side that has the most scoring units that are not pinned or falling back within six inches of the objective at the end of the game. If at the end of the game, neither the attacker nor defender has more scoring units than, the, than their opponent within six inches of the objective, the player that has scored the most victory points from secondary objectives is the winner. In the that's, that's that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. They're all yeah. kind of everybody's dogpiling that that uh, objective. Yeah, yeah. That's actually kind of <clears throat> neat. I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, in the event that the amount of victory points is scored from secondary objectives by, by each player is equal, the game's a draw. Uh, secondary objectives are slay the warlord, first blood, and attrition. So, and then we have a uh, couple special measures. Uh, mission special rules. So we have reserves and then precision assault. And this is particular to this game or this uh, mission type is once per game at the start of any of their turns. And before rolling for reserve, the attacker may declare that they are launching a precision assault until the end of the player turn. Any of the attackers units that are equipped with teleportation transponders, i.e. these Raven guard boys, and arrive by a deep strike, do not scatter after the first model is placed. So you can just ba bam drop a 15-man squad right there. Pop them. And right. hey, 15 15 man squad, that's the max size for Zone Mortalis anyways. So it's like perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like it's all part of the plan. And you know, I, I don't know if you guys have read Deliverance Lost. Uh, it's been a while. You know, the, the breaking of the per perfect fortress is taken from the very, very end of that book. Uh, and it kind of follows. It, it's just really the last couple pages. And in it, uh, there's there's a mortal. Uh, his name's like Marcus Valerius or something. He's a uh, 
uh, an Imperial Army officer who's serves the Raven Guard Legion. His his units basically support the 19th and always have and, and just always will. And the, the Raven Guard books kind of follow him along. Uh, okay. And he eventually like kind of becomes a, a prophet of, of for the Emperor, sort of. Uh, but uh, in this specific battle, it's at the very end of the book, and they're assaulting this perfect fortress that's held by the Emperor's children, and the mortals are just getting their ass kicked. And they're like, we're not supported. We've lost thousands of guys as we're, you know, flogging our way forward and, you know, getting ambushed and booby-trapped and just, you know, we've lost like 8,000 guys or something. And it turns out uh, there were Raven Guard units basically embedded in the militia advance that they were, they were just so stealthy. They didn't even know they were there. Mm-hmm. And so eventually Korax is like, Hey, I'm here. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the emperor's children are broken and, but he does it on the back of a bunch of dead mortals, which, you know, again, is, is Korax being himself. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it bears, uh, pointing out, you know, Stephen loves to bring up uh, some of the loyalist primarchs who, you know, they say got got uh, you know life on easy mode with you know Guleman and a you know beautiful empire. Guleman having all that you know really nice stuff. Guleman, Guleman, you get the idea. Um, but essentially, maybe Dorn, uh, maybe maybe Dorn. Uh, you know, reference to that. Uh, I have no Inwit, clue. Inwit sucks. It is, uh, it anybody, is a death planet. So yeah, anybody who says otherwise is is dumb. Uh, you know, in First Wall, we learned that the most scathing insult and native of Inwit, I don't know, in, 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 Inwitter? Inwittian? Inwit, thank, thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was obvious. Uh, I, I just guessed. But. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. It's it's now officially Inwittian, GW. Um, the the most scathing insult, you know, the, the your mother, the, the, you know, punch in the dick insult is you're probably dumb enough to go outside without a coat. (laughs) That's so what does that tell you about Inwit? (laughs) Is Uh, that, is that a nice place? That's sorry, Jaron. That's just, I guess Inwit Inwit sucks. I guess it rains a lot. Yeah. Ice world, you know, death. We're just, you know, not inhabited by Viking weeps. So, uh, you know, it's not, Anyway. <laughs> Austin's not even here for me to talk shit to him. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, where were we even going? Oh, yes. Um, and so, <laughs> sorry. A, a tangents aside, uh, deliverance. Um, you know, when the emperor shows up on deliverance, he's not at the head of a huge host. Um, he's literally, you know, mid rebellion and deliverance was, it's a crappy moon. Uh, that's, you know, ruled over by these techno overlords who, you know, everybody's a slave, everything sucks. Um, but, you know, Korax got taken in by the right people, so he gets a good upbringing and becomes not an ass, you know, somewhat not an asshole. At least he's loyal. Uh, but the emperor shows up and says, okay, your test to, to see if you can hang and, you know, join me on my awesome crusade is you've got a you know, carry out this rebellion that you've got going against these techno overlords. And I'm not, not going to help you. And so Korax has to wage this war by himself. 
And to the point of it's specifically mentioned that he has to use nuclear weapons. He has to deploy atomics and in doing so kill millions of innocent civilians uh, in prosecuting this war so that the emperor, you know, will, will accept him and he can be allowed into the crusade. So, you know, to my traitor brethren who said, you know, Oh, the traitor, the traitor primarchs are the ones who didn't get, you know, daddy's favor. Uh, you know, Corex has, has not had an easy road to hoe. I know he's, he's constantly contrasted with Conrad Kurz and, you know, even the books mention, you know, uh, you know, Cor- Corvus, uh, Corax wonders, you know, Hey, if I hadn't been taken in by, you know, decent people who, you know, showed me, you know, right from wrong and ethics, you know, would I have ended up like Conrad? I don't think he would have, to be honest. While we were reading over that mission, I uh, I found perhaps the dumbest instance of him being a petty jerk. Yeah. Uh, it's in uh, book three, pages like 152 and 153. Okay. Uh, during the Great Crusade, it's it's called the Karenai Retribution. Um, it's, you know, they come across a, uh, you know, techno barbarian type holdout. And these guys are just really, really, really huge dicks. And Korax decides, well, I'll kill, you know, two birds with one stone. <laughs> that was a good joke. Raven that was good. I enjoy myself. Uh, <laughs> so what he does is he takes his Moritats. Uh-huh. Like all of them, uh, 30 to, to be, uh, near 30 is what they're saying. So, you know, wow. ballpark of 30, a lot of more and, chance. Yeah. Uh, they're, these guys have a, uh, a space station called Zenith three, one, two. That's the, the, uh, Karen, I, uh, stronghold. And he launches boarding torpedoes with just, just more attacks, not okay. supported by anybody, not helped out by anybody. And they take this space station and there's like 18 of them left by the end of it. And the space station just falls apart and nobody goes to rescue them. Oof. So they just die. And he does it, but the, the Karen, I like the, the, their leaders, their infrastructure are able to get off. So let me just read the last couple sentences here. Uh, the Raven Guard had avenged those sacrificed by the tyrant of Zenus 312, but in doing so had granted the remainder of Karenai's defenders time to consolidate their defense, and without their support, the Imperial Army and Crusade Fleet assets had suffered badly as they had attempted to hold the line. The Karenai campaign, which should have been swift and painless for the expanding Imperium, would rumble on for almost another seven months and would cost many thousands of lives at the price as the price of the 19th Legion's need for retribution. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell man <laughs> chip on shoulder just like I, I, I don't know he's Corax is a weird guy just a little bit like I, I don't know as the uh, like I, I started out with the heresy really liking him and, and as the books have gone on and as you know Siege of Terror kind of grinds on I've like him less and less. Hmm. 
still like oh. playing him. He's, he's you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just just <laughs> toxic leader here. Maybe even worse than the lion. Uh, no, I think they're pretty they're pretty level there. Well, I, the lion didn't necessarily go send off his Calvinite warriors to go die. It's true. Directly. It's true. Directly. It just permanent timeout. Yeah. I mean, he'll be back. He just went out for, you know, for some cigarettes. He'll be back. A lot of cigarettes. That's a lot of cig- I mean, he's a Primark. I'm sure they yeah, smoke a yeah, lot of okay. cigarettes. He hit up every 7-Eleven <laughs> in the galaxy. <laughs> Tobacco huts. Uh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, where? Oh, God. Where are we going? Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the Raven Guard uh, Deliverers. And Check all of Borax's shame. Yeah, if you guys uh, build and paint some, be sure to share and show us over at uh, Facebook or Instagram, our 30K podcast. And hey, this uh, new box set is alleged to have 10 Terminators in it, so that's a good start right there. 10 Terminators. Interesting. That'd be pretty wild. Oh, well, speaking yeah. of new box set, let's go on over to Heresy Thursday. <laughs> And the reveal of the other Praetor that we didn't see at the Adepticon reveal. The, the better Praetor. He's pretty cool looking. I like them both. I will say, so. I like them both, but man. So I, I will say, when I first saw it this morning, I saw the Praetor. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of neat. Mark Six head, big old uh, mohawk. Kinda neat. Then I scrolled down and saw the, uh, the bear head. With the mohawk. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm oh. not a huge fan. Uh, that being said, I then uh, l- actually watched the uh, the little intro video that they have. We're going to do a little 360 of both Praetors, which is interesting. <laughs> and um, getting an overall 360 view of the model, I, I like it more. It's growing on me. The, um, the picture that they show kind of shows the mohawk and the, uh, the ponytail. And it seems very, very, very cramped up next to the backpack and the uh, mm-hmm. and the sigil. And I was like, ah, I'm not sure if I like that. There's a lot more space there than that picture shows. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and the son of Horus uh, Praetor. Yeah, he's still bulky and beefy, but he's got a good. Uh, he's just huge. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh, you do not want that guy coming just lumbering down the mountainside mm-hmm. with that big old power axe. So I, I like them both. I, I like mm-hmm. this guy so much more. The the like I, you know, I said in chat earlier today. My my one complaint with him is I'm not a good enough painter to to get him looking how I would love him to look. Yeah. Like, well, why do I have Mike to paint everything I, for you now? I, you know, <laughs> guys, I, I, I tell you, you know, Mike DeBolt is is just such a blessing too. <laughs> oh. We, we should put up in uh, like our Instagram or something the the Fafnir Ron he's doing because that deserves all he's, of the attention. My God, he needs a little hobby handle. Yeah, sure yeah, stuff. that's a good idea. But yeah, so this guy again, I'm pretty sure these guys are monopose. Maybe yeah, yeah fit, I can't, I can't maybe, imagine. Yeah, obviously these guys are. They've got you know cables and stuff came out of their yeah the cables. Arms and I mean, you, you would have a hell of a time even taking that Volkite off. Volkite might be a little bit challenging. The sword, though, it, it, that's an easy weapon swap from what I can yeah, see. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool to. Somebody pointed out he'd make a really good uh, banner bearer, which mm-hmm. absolutely, my goodness. 
Yeah, um, a very, very uh, high-ranking banner bearer. Like that's a, the thing, a, a is Legion like, Herald, if it, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I I cannot see this guy as anything but a Praetor. Like, a, no Centurion has this, no, this no. level of... <laughs> of Swag. Of, you know, Astartes drip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, if you look up Big Dick Energy in, in the dictionary, this is this is the model right yeah. here, guys. I like and, how uh, esoteric the power swords are looking now. Oh, They're looking yeah. a lot different than your standard, because for the longest time, the horse heresy, uh, the plastics... Felt very similar to the uh, the forty k ones. Yeah, yeah. With a few slight changes here and there, a gladius instead of a big sword. Or yeah, no, these are. But um, these look completely different. That is from a paragon what we've seen. blade. That is a paragon blade indeed. And he's got something on his side there. Someone pointed out it might have been like a dagger. I don't know. I need to see it. Oh yeah, I couldn't quite see it in the three sixty view. I, I don't think it's another sword. I, I I'm I'm inclined to think it's a dagger as well. Maybe. Oh, oh, oh hang on. Mm-hmm. I'm on a. Yeah, maybe it is a dagger. Oh, he's got some scrolls on the back there, too. Yeah. Which you can't see, but I managed to. Now I'm on my computer, so I can really slow the video. It might be a dagger. It, it, it's hard to say, but yeah. either way, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's just wonderful. I love it. Yeah, um, how different are the. um? Because I don't have Imperial Fist, but how different do the uh, the transfers look? Did you get a look, good look at the transfer? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Because I know this one, he's got the wreath around, and the Stevens uh, had my transfer sheet for like eight months because he did <laughs> he applied some transfers for me, and I just never got it back from him. Gotcha. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely different than the standard, you know, stuff that comes in the basic boxes. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah, well, I didn't know how uh, how much they differed from the uh, the Forge World boys um you know there's so many different types on there, there there's probably one, one or two of those that's fair on there gotcha um but you know to to address the haters because you know i feel like every time i go on facebook there's somebody uh, you don't complaining to, about something new you don't have to address the haters just get just tested more. for covid because <laughs> you have no taste this is just my advice no, I, I honestly, I love this model. I, I just think it's it's exactly what I would want out of a uh, a Castellan. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody large and in charge. This is this is it. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, yeah, like like you said, definitely Praetor level of ornateness. Yeah, yeah, that's you know that Which, armor is probably five hundred years old. Yeah, <laughs> the sword's probably older than that. It can't be five hundred years at that point. It was only uh, a yeah. great crusading okay. for two hundred, at least at least one hundred fifty, maybe. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, how long was it? Well, no, no. I mean, that's Mark six, so yeah. actually only a handful of years. But okay, yeah, that's that's it's like six months crafted, old. But you know, mastercrafted <laughs> artificer Zagreus Kane made this himself. I could see that. You know, Ark and Land put those little skulls on the on the loincloth there and <laughs> gave this his blessing, folks. So you know, no, what this, I, I, you know what this Mohawk needs? A ponytail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I just think it's great. You know, it's, but, uh, also speaking. So I know you said the Raven guard was your first army mm-hmm. with all these Mark six coming out. You think you're going to six Imperial fists? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, I, I, uh, you know, confession time for our listeners. I, I, I've spent, 
my the thing I, I the yellow scheme that I, I painted, you know, ten fifteen thousand points of imperial fists with was based on Lamenter's yellow, which is now defunct. I've got like eight pots sitting around. I could probably put a child through college with it now for, for <laughs> what those are worth. But uh, I, I finally found off the Imperial Fist group. I, I cannot remember the person's name. Uh, somebody posted a really nice yellow scheme that was extremely basic and simple and just took a, a tenth of the time of, of my old scheme. I mean, like, like ridiculously fast. Uh-huh. And it's just now I'm cranking through you know, 30 or so guys that are just like, man, this would have taken me a month and it's taken me like a week. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm, I, that's what I'm scared of because I haven't painted dark angels in a hot minute. And I know as soon as I sit down and start painting again, I'm going to be doing something completely different and, and <laughs> enjoy the way it goes. And I'll have you to look have back changed at my case. your dark angel scheme like six times. Yeah. And I've repainted my army like two or three times too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, like literally there was a while. Every time I saw you, you're like, Oh, I repainted it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we'll see. Mm. But I, I, I am so incredibly pumped. You know, Nova tickets went on sale last. That was two weeks ago. But still, you know, mm-hmm. I so I got a BFG fleet to make. Yeah, so I got half a BFG fleet to make. Yeah, hopefully early summer, May or June is probably when they're going to drop these bad boys because that's usually when they do their uh, flagship yeah, yeah. releases for the year. Oh yeah. But I'm excited to see what comes up. Yeah, and I think now I think I'll do it for third this episode. Unless you have anything oh, else yeah. you want to. No, that's, talk that's to fine. You. That's fine. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, Will had to dip out because his his allergies just got the best of him. So hope you get better soon, Will. And once again, thanks for listening to another episode of the Remembrancers Retreat. If you. Uh, if you'd like, be sure to check us out over at Facebook and Instagram at RR30K Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, RR30K. There you can find the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium, uh, Austin and Stephen's brainchild of homebrewed horse heresy gaming set for Battlefleet Gothic. You can also go over to Patreon.com if you'd like to support us. Go over to Patreon.com forward slash RR30K Podcast. And as always, I'd like to thank all of our patrons starting with our legion praetors alex self chaplain Asar, chris mack garner tree of woe joe from music city heresy luke rizzuto matthew boyce michael tisdall mr baldwick nick quenga rena the floof sar luther and what's ligma our legion centurions aaron maynard andrew n dave jones duncan ed m tanzer gore crow Nick Hilda, Richard Bork, Scott LeMay, Void Emperatrix, and finally our Legion Sergeants Agrippina, Aircraft Terrier, Emily O'Hare, <laughs> Garrett Lowe, Jay DeSales, Jay Grammaticus, Jonathan Crane, Carl, Nick Gillen, Noah Atkins, and the Zoy. Once again, thank you all for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And I'm going to think of a question next time, guys. Sorry. Until oh, next yeah, we time. I, mm. <laughs> well, I forgot to post the picture from the last episode oh. for a question. So nobody answered. That, that's that happens fine. when we don't post stuff. 
It happens when I don't post. I, I, <laughs> I hang my head in shame. I'll just post it next week. So, but that being said, keep those dice rolling. Bye for now. And here come the beakies. Mm-hmm. See you next time, folks. Later. Later.